And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. What is really good? My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast, as your Toronto Raptors are winners. Big, big winners are your Toronto Raptors as they, you know, avenge their first loss in the bubble. You know, people were a little fired up about that loss after the Raps did not look good against the Boston Celtics, but they turned things around and they were able to figure some things out. They were able to, they were able to figure things out today against the Memphis Grizzlies, but also in a bigger news and a bigger picture event I think for this Toronto Raptors is the fact that they won 50 games for the fifth straight season and clinched the number two seed overall in the Eastern Conference those two things to me I mean it's kind of a moment to sit back and and really appreciate just what's gone on for this Raptors team not only over the last five years where again as mentioned they've won 50 games the past five straight seasons but also for those paying attention the two seasons before those five years of 50 wins they won 49 and 48 games so we're really talking about seven year run here of this toronto raptors organization being a legit top notch operation in the nba so again thank you guys for tuning in this is the wrap it up podcast as mentioned my name is sheldon alexander and thank you for everyone that is tuning in live right now whether you are on instagram whether you are on twitter whether you are on Facebook, whether you are on, what else we got? YouTube, YouTube, can't forget about the YouTube people. Either way, wherever you are watching this live stream or listening to this live stream right now, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in as you do after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Also want to give a shout out to the people who will be listening, the podcast crew after fact, because this ends up on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all those fun places. Like and subscribe. Bless us with the likes. Bless us with the subscribe button. And what you do then is it just alerts you when we're up and running. When the podcast is up, you get an alert. Everyone's happy, especially on days like this where we get to discuss a win by your Toronto Raptors. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? They did not look good at all in the last game. They really didn't right? Boston Boston came out and the Raptors weren't ready at all for that game. And in this game against the Grizzlies, who are a scrappy team, and there's a lot of different subplots coming into this game, obviously, because you have Jonas Valanciunas in his first game against the Raps since the trade, obviously Marc Gasol and his first game against his former team and these two teams obviously are linked because it's the Vancouver Grizzlies we'll always remember that 
fondly. I mean, I guess maybe fondly, maybe not so much. I don't know, depending on what fan base you're tuned into there. But also you'll remember this team because the big trade last year at the trade deadline in which the Raptors landed Marcus Gasol. And I brought this up on Twitter earlier because I really think this is a big deal here. We talk about it all the time. This Marcus Gasol trade, I don't think the Raptors win the championship if not for Marcus Gasol last year. And I know that we get so focused on stats and, you know, what his numbers were that he put up. But if you talk about the job he did on Vucevic, the job he did on Joel Embiid, and, you know, the fact he did on Giannis, the job he did on Giannis in terms of building that wall defensively in that Buck series. And then if you want to get to the stats, my guy had a pretty solid statistical series against the Warriors in the NBA Finals. So I I think it's a pretty solid statement to say the Raptors don't win the championship without Marc Gasol last year. And I don't think they, make, they win the championship if they don't make that trade. So I bring that up to say, just a reminder, right? We focus a lot on what U.S. media is saying. And, you know, we talk so much about what the U.S. media says about our team. But I want the receipts of what people say about our team here. Because where are those receipts? I'll always bring that up and ask people for their receipts on what they were saying. It's great to call out Stephen A or call out Max or call out whoever you want, right? But to me, I'm more interested in what are the receipts of what we were saying. And I know we were here and I was, you know, we were talking a lot about Marc Gasol and just what he meant to the Raptors offense and the ball movement and the defense and the fact that he was just a grown-up. And anytime you add a grown-up to a team that has championship aspirations, the results are most likely going to be there. And they definitely were for the Toronto Raptors. So obviously that was a cool storyline heading into this game. Obviously the Raptors wanted to clinch the second seed in the Eastern Conference with a win. But they also wanted to avenge just a poor effort in their last game against the Boston Celtics. And if you think about what the Raptors did to start this game, it was kind of worrisome. No, it was kind of worrisome early. And it was a tale of two, the first half was a tale of two quarters. First half, Raptors struggled. They got out of the gate horribly, missing their first four shots, all of them from three, one of eight to start the game, oh of six from three to start the game. And the Grizz got out to a good run. And Nurse did a good job, switched things up, gets to his bench. Norman Surge came out and they gave the Raptors energy. It was kind of a... Uh, it was the first really good sign of trends that you kind of want to see change that happened in the bubble so far. Meaning you weren't really getting solid minutes from the bench or doing giving getting the spark from your bench that you're supposed to be getting. And in this game, Norman Surge came in right away. 7-0 run for the Raps with the five-man lineup of Kyle, Fred, Norm, Pascal, and Surge. And that's just a faster lineup. And especially with Norm in there over OG at this point, Norm is just another guy who can give you a little bit more offensively. He can create off the dribble. It's not just, I'm going to shoot the open three or whatever. Norm can up fake, drive to the cup, finish with either hand. And in a game like this, where you're playing another team that is super athletic, they're bringing out the wings against the Raptors who can kind of match up and switch things fairly easily. Having Norm be able to bring that for you off the bench was huge for the Raps. And Norm, we've been looking for Norm to have a, a breakout game in the bubble so far. And he came out early, had a, had 16 points in this game. And I think 
the big thing to me was Norm had 14 early on. I think in the first half, Norm had 14. But he didn't force anything the rest of the way. He still let the game come to him. He's still super comfortable. And he finishes 4 of 8, 7 of 7 from the line. So he's getting to the free throw line. Those things are huge for Norman Powell. Letting the game come to him. It's the... It's the quote-unquote new norm that we've seen this season where my guy is just under control. He's not forcing things too much. And we saw that for the majority of the season. And so it was good to finally see it now in the bubble as the Raptors get back to their winning ways. And seeing this team look like the team that we've seen for the most part throughout this NBA season. So as mentioned, Raps get to their bench. They start putting in work, 9-0 run to get back into the game. And for the Grizz, I mean, it was kind of weird, and I don't mean to disrespect dude, but Grayson Allen was putting in work for the for the Grizzlies. And, hey, I can't say I've been watching enough Grizzlies basketball to know how good of an impact or how big of an impact Grayson Allen has been making, but I just remember Grayson Allen as being the annoying kid on Duke. <laughs> and I didn't know what to expect from him in the NBA, but he's been contributing for this Grizzlies team, and he contributed in a big way for them in this game against the Raptors, where after the Grizzlies lost Jaron Jackson Jr., you need scoring to come from other places. It can't just be solely on Ja, and gotta give credit to Grayson Allen, and he, he put up a 20 spot in this game, and really early on, he was... It was him and Ja that was keeping things close for the Grizzlies. Grayson Allen, he was doing work with nine points off the bench early, and I counter that with Norm also putting in work for the Raptors bench as well. And the key, though, for the Raptors, because they couldn't hit a three, right? Horrible from three-point land. One of ten in the first quarter for the Raps. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies were on fire from three as they were seven of 13 from three-point land. And the Grizzlies led after one, 25 to 20. And the Raptors, it was kind of worrisome maybe if you're going back to the prior games because this from Josh Lewenberg, he said the Raptors from three in their last two first quarters were three of 20. They were outscored 21 to three from beyond the arc in the first quarter versus Memphis. And the Grizz were up by five after after one cue. So not a good start there for the Raptors. But, 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 if you've been paying attention to this team, you know that they don't panic. They don't get worried. They don't get flustered at all. And, hey, Matt Thomas checks in, hits a couple of threes. Serge steps in, hits a three himself. OG hits a three. All of a sudden, things start rolling for the Raptors. They start hitting threes. And, at one point, again, one of 10 in the first quarter from three-point land, five of seven from three in the second quarter. Things just started to turn around, and the key here was they were getting good shots, they just weren't falling. And that's really the reason why there's no need to panic if you're a Raptors fan, because at the end of the day, you got to realize that when you're cooking like that and you're getting open shots, eventually the shots are going to fall, right? You, you trust in your game, you trust in the fact that you trust the work that you put in and the ball movement that they put in on a consistent basis. If you're the Toronto Raptors, a ball movement that they consistently put in that leads you to believe that tells you that those shots are going to fall. Eventually, you're not going to miss all those shots for the whole game. I mean, especially after you just did that against Boston. <laughs> so the chances of that happening two games in a row, very slim, but also 
the three-point shooting turned around, but also Fred Van Fleet got things going. Freddie had 10 points in that second quarter, and he was doing it, you know, as we've come to know Fred Van Fleet. A little bit of three-point shooting, driving, getting into the paint, finding open guys, but his 10 points, the scoring was just really key to get the Raptors offense going, to keep it really moving to the point where you know at this point Freddie and Kyle and Pascal those are really going to be the three guys to key your offense night in, night out. If those guys don't have it going, it's going to be tough for the Raptors to win games. So huge start for Freddie to get things going. And then, of course, Pascal Siakam. Got to mention Pascal here because Pascal, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how Pascal's game has looked so far in the bubble. And a lot of talk about whether he's forcing shots, about you know how easy fitting into the offense as it came back because it was a lot of it was a lot of Kyle and it was a lot of Fred so far for the raps in this bubble. Pascal Siakam's shooting numbers have been okay, but just not the shooting numbers that we were used to throughout the season. So to have this game where Pascal Siakam comes out with 26 points on 9 of 16 shooting, 4 of 9 from 3, it was just huge to see that happen. And I think if you're a Raptors fan, I, I talked about this in the Boston game. You kind of expect him to come out in this game and have that that offensive production, right? You expect Pascal to come out against a team like Memphis and and bounce back after a tough game against Boston where only had 11 points in that game and shot 5 of 15, 1 of 5 from 3. Now, I've been saying we're talking about superstar levels, and as you go up in the levels, the thing that really makes your your status solidified is consistency so it's great to see pascal come out and have that good game now against the grizz but there's a team called the milwaukee bucks on deck on the second night of a back-to-back and if you're raptors fans heading into the playoffs you want to see how he's going to do in that big boy game against the bucks i'll get to the bucks a little later on because I want to talk a bit about that and just kind of what the mindset is going into that game against the Milwaukee Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back in the bubble when first seed for the Bucks is already clinched, second seed for the Raptors is already clinched. So I'll ask you guys, what should the mentality be? Should it be to go out and try to win that game? Or should it be to kind of take it easy, not show too much, and whatever happens, happens? I'll ask that question, and we'll circle back to that later on. Again, If you don't know, if you're new to the pod, we are super interactive. That's the main purpose of this. That's why we do this live. You can hit us up whichever place is easiest for you, whether that is on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're having, you're reading this conversation, add in your comments there. I ask the questions and later later on in the pod, we circle back and we take your comments. Why? Because we are the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. And this show's about you, so of course, want to hear your comments and questions. So again, let me know what you think about the Bucks game, and we'll answer those questions later on. But, getting back to this game, we're talking about Pascal and the great night that he had. And it was just efficient scoring early. Mention the second quarter for the Raps. Norm had a great second quarter. Freddie had a great second quarter. So did Pascal. Raps put up 40 points in that second quarter to lead the game 60 to 54 at the half. Pascal with 13 points and a super efficient 5 of 8 shooting in the first half. Norm led the team, though, with 14 points in that first half. 
and a great second quarter for the Raps, especially Freddie, who mentioned his 10 points. But also on the defensive end, Fred Van Fleet was just all over the place. I mean, chasing John Moran around is not an easy task by any stretch. But Freddie was not only doing that, but he's also picked up three steals in that first half. And my guy was playing solid defense. He was getting to the cup, as mentioned, with his 10 points as well. So Raps were up. Looking a lot better after, you know, turning things around from three-point land in the first to the second quarter. Now, as we jump to the third, Pascal just continued to cook. And it was by far his best game in the bubble. And he just seemed to be scoring more in the flow. And I, I was wondering about Pascal's game as we go forward and how things are going to play out. Because the thing that I always see is, I think Pascal, as you see him develop... You almost got to take the good with the bad, right? So he can shoot threes. So it's kind of like a new toy for him. The fact that he can knock down threes at a pretty good clip, right? It's like a new toy for him. And sometimes I think what happens is he get, he falls in love with the new toy a little too much and wants to just jack the three whenever he can just because he can. And I think the next step in his development is really going to be paying attention and knowing when to take that three and when not to take that three. When to sort of pause for a second because it might not be the best time in terms of the flow of the game or flow of the offense. But either way, in this game, especially early on, my guy was looking really good. And I think it was because he was taking it more to the cup. And if he didn't have it when he was going to the basket, he was kicking it out, finding the open man. And I think his consistency is going to be a huge focal point. That's going to be a huge deciding factor in how far the Raptors go in the playoffs because can he consistently get you to that 25 points per game mark? Because if he's not doing that, then that means you need to consistently be getting 5 to 10 more points from someone else, whether it's Fred, whether it's Kyle, whether it's Norm, Mark, Serge. So that, to me, I'm super interested in seeing but this was the first game I want to say that Pascal's offense looked a lot better. And I got to pause myself sometimes because it makes me take a step back and think he's a young buck. He's still young. He's still getting used to, you know, his game and his development and just even the offensive flow of the game and when to take shots and how to be that quote unquote lead guy. Because as much as I think Kyle is a rap's best player in terms of they're going to go as far as Kyle takes them. Siakam is still in that mentality where that's him. So how does he fit into the offense every night? Not only just in games like this against Memphis, but against the Celtics in a big game or against the Bucks coming up Monday night in a very big game. Those are the things that I'm super interested in seeing Pascal's development. But tonight or today, pardon me, he had things going. And I think it was because he was going to the basket first and being under control for the most part. Did he have some turnovers? Yeah. Did he have, you know, he took a couple charges when he's driving to the lane out of control? Yeah. But that's kind of the learning curve. And if, you, if we're being honest and if we're being fair to Pascal as a young buck and really his first go at being quote unquote the man, you're going to have to take the good with the bad sometimes. And I think that, this was a great game for Pascal, and the numbers show it. I just think looking at his game, that showed it as well. As mentioned, 26 points on 9 of 16 shooting and 4 of 9 from 3. And the big part, too, if we jump ahead to the fourth quarter, because 
the Raps were up huge. They were up by as many as 18 points in this game, and they had a huge run in that third quarter where it looked like it was blowout city. And maybe you were thinking they could get some rest for some of their guys. As mentioned, the Bucks are sitting, waiting for that game tomorrow. But instead, the Grizzlies come back and they go on a crazy run. Grayson Allen, again, he was putting in work for them. Brandon Clark looked really good for the Grizz as well. Shouts to the Grizz for having two Canadians that put in work on their squad as well, between uh, Brandon Clark and as well um, Dylan Brooks. Two Canadians, it, it's just great to see. Brandon Clark with 16-9 and nine in this game. Great minutes in the second half. Efficient 6-10 of 10 shooting. Mentioned as well Dylan Brooks, who had 25 points. Wasn't really that efficient shooting-wise early on, but came on strong at the end in that comeback for the Grizz that saw them cut the lead all the way to four. And things got tight for the Raptors there. This was against their starters. So their starters had to continue to play or else they were on the brink of blowing this game. But the big thing I've been stressing from the start of the season that I'm most interested in paying attention to what the Toronto Raptors do for this entire regular season is what do you do in winning time? And in this game... Regardless of how you got there, the fact that you were up big and then blew the lead, you kind of got to let that slide and just focus in on, well, what happened in winning time? And again, it was Kyle Lowry who was trying to lead the way and they were struggling offensively. In fact, the Raptors couldn't even get a good look as the lead got cut to five after Grayson Allen makes a great play. The Raptors, <laughs> the Raptors lead was cut. They had seven turnovers in the fourth and as that kept happening, Freddie had a tough possession where he tried to get a shot off, but the 24-second shot clock went off before Freddie was able to get the ball out of his hands. But the Raptors went four minutes in that fourth quarter, four full minutes without a field goal. And it was part of a 19-4 Grizzlies run. And you're looking around thinking, okay, well, who's going to make the plays for the Raps? And as much as I said I didn't like Pascal just jacking up the threes, he came up with two massive, massive threes to ice the win for the Toronto Raptors because things were getting tough. Things were getting tight. Didn't know where things were going. And even when Pascal hit the threes, it was still only making it a two-possession game. So this game was still super close. But got to give credit where credit's due. Pascal not being afraid to take the big shots. And it's one thing for me to say, hey, I don't really know if I like him just jacking up threes whenever he can just because he's open. I got to give credit where credit's due and maybe look at the silver lining. My guy's not afraid. And that's a big part of being a superstar in this league. Not being afraid of the moment, not being afraid to take and make big shots. And we saw that from Pascal today. Those two big threes, got to give him credit for that, definitely. And there's some, you know, even with that said, Clark hit a dunk, got a huge dunk to cut the lead back to four. And there's a weird play where Kyle got called for an offensive foul. And you're still kind of worried, but you see why the Raptors have that championship pedigree. Because at the end of the day, defense wins championships. So after the tough call, Kyle's mad, Kyle's frustrated, Nick Nurse is probably upset too. But what happens at the other end of the floor? Fred Van Fleet comes up with a huge steal and then the Raptors offense that I talk about all the time in terms of why this team will win or how they will need to win. It's turning defense into offense and getting out in transition to get easy buckets. Freddie forces the steal. 
Gets it up to Pascal. He finds Kyle. Kyle with the reverse lay-in. Jam done. Raptors win. Kyle's talking smack to everybody involved, whether it's the refs, whoever's involved. Kyle's talking smack. And you just love to see it. A great win for the Raptors. And again, the important factor, when it matters most, they came up with the defensive turnover to solidify the win. Raptors win. Raptors win. Raptors win. 108 to 99 and you know mention the refs there tough call on kyle but there's also a pretty crazy call early earlier on in the game as well where surge comes over makes a huge block right the refs call a foul surge argues said call gets called for a technical foul so (laughs) nick nurse decides he's going to challenge the foul call the refs review the play And they see that Serge didn't foul him. It was a clean block. So the call is reversed, but Serge still gets a tech. (laughs) I always shout out Bill Simmons for one of his funny, you know, just theories he would always have. And one of them is that every company should have a VP of common sense. They're there, they're around. But when you're having certain conversations, you just bring in the VP of common sense who isn't so closely directly tied to the moment, but they're able to say, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. This was a perfect example of the VP of common sense being needed because the VP of common sense would say, wait a second. So you give a guy technical for arguing a call that he was right about and you as a referee were wrong about, you can't still give the man a tech. That doesn't make any sense at all. But hey, as mentioned, hey, the refs were just off for five months as well, so maybe they're working their way back into regular season form, and hopefully they get their their ish together by the time the playoffs come around. <laughs> That's me trying to be positive there. But again, Raptors win, come up with a huge victory as they clinch second place, the second seed in the Eastern Conference, and they also clinch their fifth straight season of at least 50 wins, which is a huge, huge feat in the NBA where it's difficult to sustain long-term success, and especially on a team like the Raptors where, you know, it's tough to get free agents. Obviously, we know it's tough to draft, but the Raptors have proven an ability to draft and build the foundation. And you got to give a man like Dwayne Casey a lot of credit for that because he was involved in a lot of that, changing the culture and the narrative of this team. It seems funny now, but if you think back to that pound the rock, Dwayne Casey mentality and enforcing a defensive mentality of grinding out games and grinding out wins and coming out with that same focus to and attention to detail and playing with the force night in, night out, A lot of that residue still remains from Dwayne Casey. So it's great to see the Toronto Raptors in the position where they are now as one of the legit, legit franchises in the NBA. And of course, as the shirt reads, I don't know if you can see it if you're watching the video. If you're reading this, we still champs. If you want one of these shirts, don't worry. They're coming soon. Hit me up in the DMs. We got them coming for sure. I'm sure the people know. We'll have more. Don't worry. Stick Stick to the feeds. You'll see when the shirts are out for sure. Got those coming. But as mentioned, this is the Wrap It Up podcast where we are super interactive. So we want to hear from you. We got people on Instagram Live. We got people on Twitter. We got people on Facebook Live. We got people on YouTube. So now I'm going to try to bounce around in something we like to call the Ask on Blast segment where 
I just take your comments and questions in all the feeds and I'm scrolling up here. Uh, Glow Girl Smile answers a question. I asked about the Bucks. What do you do against the Bucks tomorrow? Are you coming out with your full arsenal? Or are you going to try to keep some, some stuff in the tuck? If you're Nick Nurse, not showing the full bag of what you got. So Glow Girl Smile says, yep, Bucks game is not so worrisome since Nurse won't be giving out too much of their secrets. Uh, Diversified Youth says he won't be giving out any secrets, <laughs> which, you know, Nick Nurse, it, it's interesting, but I, I kind of agree. I kind of think that's going to be the mentality. We've already seen the Bucks have a couple games where they've thrown out Giannis in the first half and then sit him in the second half. So makes you wonder what's going to happen in tomorrow's game. Um, but I want fans to just think about this as you head into the game tomorrow against the Bucks. Don't keep that same energy that you have before the game that you do after the game. So if you're telling me that the game matters beforehand and the Raptors play their whole team and the Bucks play their whole team and the Raptors lose, then keep that same energy. But if at the start of the game, you're telling me that this game doesn't matter and it's not a big deal, then okay, cool. Regardless what the result is, keep that same energy afterwards. Because what happens a lot of times is people play the hindsight game, right? So they'll say, oh no, no, no. They'll play the result. So the Raptors lose and it'll be like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter anyways. It was the Bucks. You're not showing them anything. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm just saying, keep the same energy you have before the game, after the game. Just one of those things I like to remind people of. That's all. Uh, Fly Miss checks in and says, the Raptors need to work on their turnovers. Totally agree with that. They were sloppy at points, and I think that's what really led to the Memphis comeback. Were, was the Raptors being sloppy? And... You know, you want to tighten that up, especially as you get into the big boy games, but then also as you get into the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, uh, Dante says, playoff Powell. It The Raptors need Norm. They definitely need Norm. They're not going to be able to sustain a series like they did last year where they didn't get much from Norm or Fred against the Sixers and Kawhi just sort of carried it. That's not going to happen in, in this playoffs. Like, you're going to need... It's going to be the sum of the parts. You're going to need solid games from Norm. You're going to need solid games from Serge, Gasol, Kyle, Fred, Pascal. All those guys are going to have to be able to contribute on a night-in, night-out basis. And it's going to be the team that really gets things done for the Raptors, for sure. Uh, more comments here. Someone says, Pascal came through with the threes. This is how he will grow. Yeah, the Pascal glow-up, we talked about it a lot last year, and the glow-up continues as my guy consistently is able to just add different pieces to his game, and to see him confidently not be afraid to, to take and make those threes late, that's a good sign. That's a, definitely a good sign. Uh, shouts to my homegirl Molly, she checks in on the chat, she says, yes, you know I need a shirt. <laughs> definitely, don't worry, the shirts are coming, the shirts are coming. Uh, Akeem says, want to see more production from Serge and a few other bench players. Uh, I think the same conversation we had last year kind of still holds true now. And what's the bench going to be? So I would assume Norm and Serge. But after that, I don't really know how many, how much more bench minutes are going to be available for people, right? You're talking, how many minutes are you going to get from Terrence Davis, who hasn't really played too well in the bubble so far? Matt Thomas was okay today. Rondé has seemed kind of struggle, like he struggled, but 
that eighth spot in terms of the rotation, it's going to be interesting to see how much the Raptors are able to get from that spot, if anything at all. Because Nurse, especially if you go back to the very start of the season, and I know it's tough to remember now, but remember, he was only happy with his first seven guys, and they were the ones that got most of the minutes because he wasn't happy with how dudes were practicing early on in the season. So that tells me that if playoff time comes around and he's not happy with what he's seeing from the bench, he's going to be very, very quick to put the clamps on and just say, hey, these are my seven guys and I'm, I know what I'm going to get from them. These are the seven guys that I'm rolling with. So uh, more comments here from Twitter as I switch gears and take some comments here on the Twitter feed. Huge shouts to the Instagram crew for sure. The Instagram peeps are the day ones along with my Twitter folk. Logan on Twitter says, hey, another 13 years and we'll be like the Spurs. <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy to think of what the Spurs are doing, right? The fact that they're making some noise in the bubble. They might not make the playoffs, but they're still messing around and almost getting there. And this is without LaMarcus Aldridge. It's amazing what the Spurs are doing. But yeah, it puts into perspective just what the Raptors have been able to do and what you want to strive to in terms of being a model franchise that's not necessarily one of the high-profile organizations in terms of the Knicks or Lakers or a team like that. So, yeah, the Spurs, 20-plus years of being relevant, of being a solid franchise. Hey, cheers to that, and hopefully the Raps can get there. And let's be honest, as long as Masai's around, we got faith in Masai, right? Linda on Twitter says, who would have thought that after losing Kawhi, this team stepped up? So proud of them. Uh, that's a great point, Linda, you know, and there's a lot of talk about Kawhi and I always kind of get frustrated when I hear the talk about Kawhi because to me, people miss the point of what the Kawhi Leonard one year championship run was all about. To me, the Kawhi Leonard one year just solidified what this organization was, Right. Think about it. We just mentioned five straight years of winning at least 50 games. That tells you that this Raptors team and organization has been on the right track for at least five years. And I told you before that they won 48 and 49 games. So that's seven years of solid consistency. So the Kawhi Leonard one year was just telling you the difference between a good team and a really solid NBA team and then a championship level team. The championship level team has that star player at the end of the day where you don't have to ask or wonder who's getting the ball when you need a basket. You know the answers to that question. That was the difference between solidifying what the legitimate nature of or the legitimacy of what Masai Ujiri has built. The difference in Aiden Kawhi Leonard was taking them that next notch above where, hell yeah, they're a championship level squad. And now when Kawhi's gone you still see the residue of what Dwayne Casey was building seven years ago. You still see that defensive mentality that grinded out on defense. No matter what's going on, we're going to figure out a way to stay in this game and get dubs. And now, as you head into the playoffs, you're asking the questions, okay, well, who's going to be that dude for the Raptors when they need points? And I bring this up as a reminder, because as much as people want to try to, I think what happens a lot is people downplay Kawhi and say, oh, well, see, this just proves that, you know, the rest of the team was really good. It's like, no, no, no. We knew the rest of the team was good. We knew that even the DeMar Raptors were good. The problem with the DeMar Raptors 
was that when they saw mans like LeBron and the moment got big, they didn't have a guy to answer or counter that. So again, that's what the Kawhi Leonard one season experiment experiment was. Getting having that one dude that at the end, don't worry, I got it. Now that Kawhi's gone, the foundation that you've been laying for seven years remains, and that's why you see a team that is still successful, that is still, you know, championship level, you know, able to make a run in the playoffs because the foundation has been there. You play defense, you play as a team, and you work together, and you're able to get wins. So, hey. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised at the raps. Like I said earlier on at the beginning of the season, I remember everyone was crushing me because I said I thought the Raptors would finish uh, somewhere between, I said, five, six, seven, or eight. That's where I thought the Raptors preseason, right? Preseason, that's where I thought the Raptors would finish. And I bring that up because first off, I always imply that I don't duck the smoke of whatever my predictions are. I firmly stand behind and will say what my predictions are ahead of time because I keep receipts, right? I'm not afraid of the receipts. So I thought the Raptors would still be a solid playoff team. Did I expect them to still be second in the East? No, but I also want to see the people that did think they would finish second in the East, right? Because if you tell me that you thought the Raptors, because here's what I thought. The reason why I thought they would be in that spot was because obviously you're losing Kawhi, but also they have an older team. They were relying a lot on vets. And so I thought injuries would play a big role in what would happen to them this season. And they had injuries. They just were able to handle the injuries way better than I thought. So if you're one of the people who watched this team and could have predicted that even going through all those injuries, they would still be able to maintain and be second. Hey, more power to you. I give you all the praise. I just want people to keep their receipts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> K2's Garnett, who always gets at me on Instagram, says, LOL, Sheldon with the seventh place prediction. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. It's okay. I'm all good. I keep the receipts. And I, I love that you guys also hold me accountable because I'd expect nothing else. I'd expect nothing less. So here we are, Raptors still a legitimate organization, still doing work, and we're building here the platform that is the Wrap It Up podcast to be here to talk about the good times and just continue this championship run because this is a big deal. The fact that they are here as legitimate contenders to make it back to the finals the next year, that's huge. Uh, but let me get to some more comments there. Apologies for the rant there. Apologies, but it happens sometimes. Get fired up. Um, Craig says Iceman was hitting threes in the second when the starters saw that they thought that boy ain't getting my minutes <laughs> and they started playing better. I like that. That's funny. Well played. Well played. Well played. Sanjay says, do you think Kyle Lowry will have less pressure on him in the playoffs because there's no crowd? No. Um, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry is a guy, if you remember a lot, He's the one that comes out on the road when the crowd is getting on him. He's the one that has those big games sometimes where he likes the crowd getting at him. He's had a bunch of big moments, whether it was in Golden State. If you remember, obviously, Game 6 being the high point of what I'm talking about. But also, just think to the Philly series. He had some big games on the road. And you remember Kyle hitting big shots and then he's turning and talking trash to the crowd. That's kind of Kyle's M.O. So... I think Kyle's going to be fine. It's just going to come down to 
his mentality in terms of leading the team and getting them to where they need to be and setting the tone and the tempo and being that leader that we know he is. Um, someone says uh, another comment here. If we have 25 turnovers against the Bucks, God help us. I mean, totally agree. I'm, I'm excited to look for this, this Bucks game because to me, you want to send a message. You do. Like, I think it's a big deal. Like, I get why you would rest people. You don't want to be injured going into the playoffs. I understand that. I get that you're not playing for seeding purposes. I understand that as well. You might not want to show your hand too much. I, I totally understand that. But to me, the biggest thing about this bubble is the mental side of the game. And I think that going out and really putting a huge whooping on a team, showing them, no, 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 we're good. You might think that this is going to be a different narrative because Kawhi's not here. No, no, no. We're ready for you. We got something for you. You can still save some of your secrets in the tuck and still come out and play your starters and try to win the game tomorrow. I think doing that sends a big message. No, no, no. We're not to be played with. This is real. We're ready. We're trying to defend our chip. We're not afraid of you. That, I think, the mental side of this is so big as well. So I, to me, if it were me, I'm playing as if we're trying to win. I'm not trying to half-step. I'm not playing my guys the first half and then playing my bench. No, 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 no. Save that for the next game. Heck, if they wanted to, to rest, they should have blown out the, the Grizzlies like they were on pace to do, and then you could have gotten your rest. But against the Bucks, no. There's things that I want to see. There's things that I want to know. There's matchups I want to see if they work well. How are you going to play against the Lopez twins in the middle? How are you going to guard Giannis with the primary defender this time? Is OG going to be able to do that? Are you setting up the same wall that you did last year? There's so many things that I want to see if it works or not that you don't want to waste a game in game one trying to figure that out. Just my opinion, but I'll also say this. Obviously, Nick Nurse is way smarter than me. <laughs> so if Nick Nurse decides that he's gonna, you know, kind of rest and only play his guys first half, I'm not gonna question Nick Nurse on that because obviously, clearly, he's way smarter than I am. As yes, we know now that he was mentioned as a coach of the year candidate as well with Coach Budenholzer and Billy Donovan. So hey, I'm telling you what I'm hoping will happen, but tune in to find out what will happen against the Bucks tomorrow. Uh, more comments here, though. I think the Raps should play their bench a lot more tomorrow against the Bucks. More Boucher. <laughs> All right, that's from Susan. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Boucher is just fun to watch. I know Q is also a huge fan of Chris Boucher, so I'm not mad at Chris Boucher minutes. And hey, there could be a series, and maybe it's against Giannis even, where you need Boucher minutes because Gasol or Serge get in foul trouble. So you might need those minutes from Boucher just to to get some fouls on Giannis, right? So I could see that side of it. Uh, Raptors fan 07 says, can we talk about the Raptors turnover since the start of the seeding games? Should we be concerned now? Um, I'm going to say no, because the, the thing to remember is they're still working their way back into this. They're still working their way back into things. You're going to go five months without playing competitive games into all of a sudden playing against legitimate teams again. It's going to take you a while to get back into the swing of things. And one of the things you've got to live with are 
just turnovers. It's going to happen. Now, you want them to kind of fix that up in the next couple of games before you get to the playoffs, but you also understand that it's going to happen, and that's all right. Uh, someone asking to talk about the surge technical. We did that already. Uh, let me try to get to the YouTube page here, see what people are saying over there. And yeah, I'm really going to try to get to comments from wherever uh, people are at in our uh, watching the live stream. Because again, this is the wrap it up podcast where we try to be live and interactive. So I'm going to continue to do that and take the comments and questions. As I go over to YouTube, Austin says first quarter turnovers went good to went good today. But besides that, an amazing game. Yeah. First quarter was bad. Turnovers weren't good, but yeah, other than that, raps were okay. Um, Austin also says, well, what you said was we would be five to eight seed in the East and we just clinched second. Totally true, man. Nothing wrong with that. I'm hey, as I said, I ask for people's receipts all the time. So obviously I'm not afraid of my own receipts. I will firmly bring up what I said the raps would do at the start of the season. I'm asking for everyone else to do the same in terms of people who we are calling analysts with what their predictions are and what's going to happen. And also a reasoning as to why other than just being, you know, obviously a fan and you want to see them do really well. Right. But there's a difference to that. Right. Um, let's see here. Oh, Austin says, I thought they would be four to five coming into the season. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Uh, Carl on Instagram, on uh, YouTube, says Rondé doesn't look happy sitting on the bench. Yeah, Rondé Rondé's it's it's tough sledding for Rondé here, right? Because his style of play too, it's going to be to muck it up, it's going to be to get in there. Rondé's style of play fits the playoffs well. There are going to be games where they're going to turn to Rondé because they need energy and he's just going to be mucking it up and getting in there, grabbing rebounds, diving for loose balls. So it's going to be important for him to stay ready because there's going to be a point where they're just going to need his energy, maybe throwing out a full court press, you know, so it's going to be tough for him and he's not getting minutes now, but he's got to stay ready. He's got to stay ready. Bob Charlie says Norm Powell has been playing like trash. Um, he had been until tonight. And I think the key for Norm, which is something we talk about a lot, is Norm getting to the basket, staying within the flow of the game, and really going to the cup first, then stepping out and shooting threes. We saw that from Norm today, and I, I got to give him credit because he played a really good game. Um, Steven says, I think both the Bucks and Raps know that whoever wins tomorrow, it really won't matter. Each team should just focus on the area they want to improve in and stay healthy. It's a great point. That's a very rational and, you know, very good thought. I agree with you, Stephen. It makes it makes sense. I'm saying what I want to see. <laughs> and part of that is me being a selfish fan of basketball and wanting to see two good teams go at each other in big boy games. <laughs> so I got you. I understand it. And as I said, I'm not going to doubt Nick Nurse. Whatever decision Nick Nurse makes, more power to him because Nick Nurse is that dude. So, hey. Who am I to question him? It's not going to be me. So <laughs> again, thanks to everyone for tuning into this, the wrap it up podcast. Really you guys rocking with us, whether it was live on, you know, all the different feeds that we got going. Really appreciate you guys, whether you were with us on Instagram or on, uh, 
IG Live, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us because this is the Wrap It Up Podcast and you know, we do this for you guys. And I'm going to be honest here as we talk about it. It's been really important. It's been really cool to kind of really get back into the swing of things where we are talking Raptors basketball. We are talking about the Raptors trying to defend their NBA championship. It's just such a big moment. And for me, it's been fun to get back into the swing of things and talk about Raptors basketball with all of you as well. So again, really appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you did so live. Again, I'm saying it again so people know, because we're doing things a little newer this this season as we pick things back up. We are live after each and every game on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, like and subscribe, hit that like button, tell your friends, share the love that is this the Wrap It Up podcast, and in case you ever tune in a little late and you miss the beginning, you want to catch it, don't worry, we got you covered, whether it's for your commute, we got you there as well, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, again, like and subscribe, tell your friends, this is the Wrap It Up podcast, because you, the Raptor fan, deserves more platforms of people talking about your team as they look to defend their NBA championship. So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and like I always say to close every podcast, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Blast.